Welcome to the sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church in downtown Bentonville. If you have questions related to what you hear today, or just want to find out more about the ministries at First United Methodist Church, please visit us online at fumcbentonville.org, or check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok. What a joy to be with you in worship today. We are in this series in which we're talking about how to love our neighbor, and today we're focusing on love our next-door neighbor. That will be a kind of the purpose of today. Of course, someone asked me, who is our next-door neighbor? And I was like, well, it depends on if you mean the door right next to you, or the door past that, or the door past that, or the door past that. We could all be next-door neighbors, right? But to get us in that frame of mind of loving our neighbor, we're going to hear from the Gospel of Luke, and we're going to hear from the 15th chapter, verses 8 to 10. So hear now the word of the Lord. Or what woman, if she owns 10 silver coins and loses one of them, won't light a lamp and sweep the house, searching her home carefully until she finds it? When she finds it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, celebrate with me because I found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, joy breaks out in the presence of God's angels over one sinner who changes both heart and life. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, open our hearts, our minds, and our eyes that we might see and know the word you have for us this day. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Before I get into the meat of this sermon, I want to share with you that I am going to be sharing some stories from people in our congregation. And with the exception of the few people who uh, I'll be talking about who are doing public work for the church. I do have everyone's permission on this. I'd like you to know that, that I've asked in advance when I'm sharing someone's story. Okay, so this particular parable that I just read is from Luke 15, which is the chapter of the lost parables. And this is probably the least known of the lost parables. Many people have heard the parable of the lost sheep when the shepherd leaves the 99 and goes to find the one. Or you know the parable of the lost son, which is sometimes also referred to as the prodigal son story, the son that demands his inheritance, goes off, spends it all, comes back, and the father uh, greets him and celebrates with him. This parable of the lost coin is, like I said, the least known, and uh, we have Wednesday Bible study, and every week in Wednesday Bible study, we are talking about the passage it's going to be preached on, and Ed Adair asked me this Wonderful question. He said, why did you pick this story? And I answered him. I said, well, it's easy. I picked it because of the party. But as we went on, I realized there's a party in all three parables, right? When the lost sheep comes home, they have a celebration for the lost sheep. They slaughter the fatted calf and have a big old party for the lost son. So that's not really a very good answer. So I'm going to give you a new answer today, Ed. And it is still for the party, but it is for the absurdity of the party. Because who throws a party because they found a coin? I don't know about y'all, but I've never reached into my jacket and found a 20 that I'd forgotten about and go, woo, it's time to party. (laughs) Although maybe I should, right? But this is kind of unique in that it does have this party for the fact that this woman found a coin. Now the coin does have potentially some sentimental value for her and some economic value, of course. The sentimental value may be in that it might have been part of her dowry. The economic value is that this coin was most likely valued as a full day's wage. But that's what makes the story really, really crazy because she spends the entire day looking for this coin when she could have gone out and earned a day's wage. 
right? But instead, she finds the coin, and then her response to finding the coin is, hey, friends and neighbors, come on over. Let's have a party because I found this coin, which Middle Eastern hospitality standards would require that she spend more than the coin for the party. She is at loss over loss over loss on this. And what that says to me is that God's math does not equal our math. Because so often God pays attention to the one instead of the crowd. But there are also two other lessons that I think we need to draw from this. And those are around the recognition of the importance of hospitality and celebration. In hospitality, everyone is invited to this celebration. She calls her friends and neighbors and whoever's within, I guess, sounds reach. Come celebrate with me. And whether you are the one being celebrated or you're part of the friends, families, and neighbors around, all are welcome to this space. It's extraordinary hospitality. And when it comes to the celebration, well, if this is to represent for us a journey in faith, then our faith should always be something to celebrate. The love and grace that God pours into our life without us having to earn it, it is freely given. It is gifted to us because we are humans and God loves us. That kind of love and grace at work in our lives has to be celebrated. It has to be greeted with such unbound joy. Now we should experience that, but we are also called to practice both hospitality and celebration. So let's talk a little bit about how we might go about doing that. So I need us in this practice of hospitality to recognize that we, when we come together in this space, are at the weekly party for the house of God. I mean, there's, there's conversation, there's food, there's great music. I mean, come on, y'all, it's a party, right? And for those of you that are guests or new to our community, you are our honored guests and welcome into this place. But if you've been here a while, then you're also a host of the party. And you have some responsibilities as a host. And let's think about what makes a good host. You need to make people feel comfortable. You need to create a space that is warm and inviting. You need to notice who is here and make place at the table for those that have newly arrived, but also those who have not arrived yet. And you need to pay attention to each guest and each person and hear their story and listen to them. So Church of the Resurrection, one of the things that they talk about is they talk about you can view your set of pews or your set of chairs as your neighborhood because people tend to sit in roughly the same place every week. There's some giggling going on up here. Tend to sit in roughly the same place every week. Although some of y'all live in an RV and you're moving around all the time, which is great, right? But view your pew area as your neighborhood and, and think of yourself as a host in that neighborhood and think about how you can extend hospitality to everyone, to greet everyone and make them feel warmly welcomed. And, and part of the thing that you can do there is notice who is there and of course make space for who isn't there or who has newly arrived. Now I want to share a couple of things around this. One, uh, we have a new hospitality team. They've been actually together for right at a year now and we train them on ways of making these kind of hospitable spaces and I got to say I experienced the warmth and, and abundance of this hospitality today. First of all, we had extra people show up to put 
donuts and treats out. They just were so excited to do it. They brought in more than we expected. So it really did turn into a big old party at 10 o'clock. And that was wonderful. And then for those of you who know, Harry Goodner, he's one of our youth. He and his family are all trained and are part of the hospitality team. And they were here a little early. So it was before his shift officially started. He saw me coming in the second street doors and he was on, he was doing an errand for his mom and he, he saw me come in and he stopped moved back and opened the door for me, right? And I felt so warmly received. It was so wonderful. And then I want to share last week, we had someone visit and Casey Tribe, who is on the hospitality team, she sat on the same row with him. And this is a good tip for you as you're you're greeting people in a row. She said, you know, I don't know if it's because I'm sitting on a different side of the church. Maybe you've been a member of this church for 25 years, but I've never had a chance to meet you. I'm Casey. And, And he said, actually, this is my first Sunday visiting. And she goes, oh, great. And she ran and got our little pad that we have people fill out. She comes back. She's like, please fill this out so that they know I do my job. <laughs> Which was a little disarming for the guy, but he did do that and they had a great interchange. And he actually ended up staying not just for nine o'clock, but for Sunday school and for 11. And so, um, so I'm grateful for that. And that is how our hospitality is supposed to work, right? Now, I do have to say that one of the things about being in the same seats every week is there can be a tendency to get guarded about those seats, right? Right? And maybe you're not guarded about your own seat, but maybe you're guarded about someone else's seat. But that's not what we're called to do. We're called to make a warm space for everyone. And I thought we, as a church, I've seen us do pretty well with this, except for today. I opened my email and there was a story of someone who had been told that was someone else's seat. So don't, don't lose sight of what we are called to do. If this is the foyer to heaven, Who are we to shut the door? That's not our job. Our job is to sling that door open as wide as we possibly can in every situation. Now, as for being hosts that get to know people's stories, sometimes it can be a little awkward just meeting someone and and knowing what to talk about. So one of the things that we do for our hospitality teams, we give them some icebreaker questions. So I'm going to give you all some icebreaker questions. And, but before I do that, I want to tell you about some questions to avoid. Because oftentimes people are coming into the church hurting. They've experienced some kind of loss or major life change, and that's driven them into the church. So don't ask, like, what do you do? Because maybe they've just lost their job. If they share what they do, great. That's fine. But just don't lead off with that. Or don't ask, so tell me about your family or do you have family here? Maybe they've had a, just a, a significant loss in their family or been through something hard. So kind of enjoy, you know, avoid those typical questions. They're not always the most helpful. So here are some others that you might try. So ask somebody, if, if you were a hero in a movie, what would your entrance song be? <laughs> right? Mine would be Come Together by the Beatles. All right? Um, you could ask them, what's your favorite food and why? Or what's your favorite animal and why? And then if those seem like a slightly odd questions to have, although I think they're disarming and they, they make a warm space for people, but you can always default to the four questions that I sit down and ask people. Maybe skip the first one because it's a little bit one of those kind of pointed ones, um, which is um, when have you most felt like a disciple of Jesus? But the next three, what breaks your heart? What brings you joy? 
Or if you could do anything, if there were no limitations, what would you do? Those are great questions to ask people and help them start sharing a little bit more about themselves. We're going to practice this. I'm about to give you an icebreaker question to do. And for those of you that are online, you're welcome to share your answer in the thread to participate with us. What I want you to do is I'm going to give you this question. I want you to turn to someone you're not related to or you didn't come with and ask them this question. We're only going to take about a minute, a minute, minute and a half. So take about 45 seconds for you and then listen to their answer. But here's your question. What is the best party you've ever been to and why was it the best? All right, take, it, take a couple of minutes, visit. <laughs> See how easy that was? I mean, this place broke into a roar. Right? That's, that's the kind of environment, that's the kind of place we want to make for people as they come in uh, to us because... They should be coming into a celebration. So let's talk about uh, practicing celebration. As I mentioned, our faith should be a celebration. God's grace is poured into our life, but it is not for us to keep. It is for us to share it with other people. And I will tell you this, our neighbors are deeply in need of a celebration. They're in need of an invitation. They're in need of being noticed. They're in need of being seen. We have, I've mentioned this before, we've never been more connected and more lonely And so making space where we can just be present for our neighbors is a critical act of love that we can give in this world today. I'm gonna put a challenge before you this week, but to lead into that challenge and kind of give you uh, where the inspiration comes from, it comes in part from this story in the Bible, but it also comes from an experience that I had. So when I lived in Fort Smith, there was a kind of a triangle of houses. There was the pastor's house, then Caddy Corner across from that was one of our prisoners. Her name was Doris. And then right across from Doris, next to the pastor's house, was a man named Nick and his wife. And I actually never met his wife. and would see Nick fairly often. And especially if something happened in the neighborhood, the three of us would gather out and just chat, you know. Um, well, one day Doris crossed over. She saw me pull up and she crossed over and she said, I wanted to let you know that Nick's wife lost her job. And they're going through a really hard time and they're scared. And I really wanted to do something for Nick. But he hadn't told me that he was going through this hard time. And I didn't want to embarrass him. I didn't want him add any more stress into their life. But I was just kind of sitting with it. And I was honestly praying about it. Well, around that time, I I went on a trip with some friends. And this is before everybody just exchanged money through apps. We actually handed each other cash. And I came back from that trip and I'd gone to pick up Soren and I had a pocket full of cash and it was about $200. And while I was getting Soren out and messing with all of that, the money fell out of my pocket. And it was a couple of days before I was like, what did I do with that money? And I looked around, I couldn't find it. I checked the laundry. I didn't know where it was. A couple of weeks later, I pull up and Nick sees me, comes running over and he says, hey, um, did you lose some money recently? I said, actually I did. And he said, was it a lot? And I said, yeah, it was about $200. And he said, yeah. He said, um, a few days ago, my wife came out and there was money in our yard. And it was about $200. And she was so excited and really wanted to go spend it and get some things that we need. And I said, I bet this is one of our neighbors. So let me check first. So he said, I just wanted to check with you. He's like, it's your money, we'll bring it to you. And I said, you know what, though, Nick, here's the thing. I know what's going on with you and your wife. And I've been praying for a way to bring a blessing to you. 
And I think God answered my prayer. So y'all keep it. Do with it whatever you want. Go out to dinner, pay some bills, whatever you need to do. And he was so happy and so thankful. Nick worked for Coca-Cola. And so after that, every so often we would come home and there'd be a four pack of glass bottle (laughs) Coca-Colas sitting on our porch. That was neighbors being neighbors, right? So the ushers have a challenge for y'all. They've got some envelopes they're going to pass out. You're going to get one envelope per household. So have one person in the household raise your hand so they know how many envelopes need to come down the aisle. So one house, one person, everybody. It doesn't matter if you're first-time visitor here or any of that. Everybody, one person in your household, raise your hand, please. So they can pass this out. Okay, you can open them. So for the past six months, this is the advantage of having a pastor that plans their sermons out a year in advance. For the past six months, I've known this was coming, so I've been using cash, old school, and every time I've gotten change, I've stashed it to the side so that we could do this lost coin challenge. So you have either five, 10, 20, or $100 in that envelope, okay? And you are challenged to do something for a neighbor, however you define neighbor. And this pink sheet has a list of all kinds of things that you can do, okay? So take whatever funds you got in your envelope, give a blessing to someone, and if you can, and if you feel comfortable, also give them the card that's with it. The card that says, we are throwing a week-long neighborhood party and you are one of our honored guests. Enjoy this gift from the people of FUMC Bentonville to you, a celebrated member of God's family. We're going to take this party to the streets, all right? We are going to share and show generosity in a concrete way so that people can understand that as God's love and generosity is poured into our lives, we're going to pour it right back to them. So take this Lost Coin Challenge, decide as a family what you're going to do with it. I did have someone ask, can I add money to it? Yes, you can. Feel free. And if you need more cards, I have more cards. Just let me know and I'll be happy to share them with you. Because what this is gonna do is allow us to pay attention to the one, to take those opportunities that God puts in front of us all the time and notice and respond, okay? I'm gonna share one more story. So Kevin Barrington gave me permission for this one. They have a neighbor um, that they knew had a new baby and all that, and they'd, they'd had conversations back and forth. He even knew how to contact his neighbor. It's not always the case. And he noticed as he was out mowing that their grass kept getting higher and higher and higher and higher. And so he said to his neighbor, he shot him a note and said, hey, how about I just mow your yard? I'm out mowing my yard anyway. And they said, oh, no, it's, we'll get to it. My wife's been sick. It's just been crazy. It's been chaos. Kevin said, okay, great let me mow your yard for you. Let me just mow your yard. And he just did that. Went over and mowed his yard. And a little while later, they showed up on his door with what Angie described as the best pulled pork that they've ever had. (laughs) And these two have lived in the South a long time. So (laughs) that's neighbors being neighbors. That's showing love and pouring God's abundance into other people. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to take this party out of here and share that love with everyone that needs it. May we all know God's gracious and loving and powerful and celebratory presence in our lives. Amen. 
Thanks for listening to the sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church in downtown Bentonville. If you would like to let us know you were here, follow the link below to connect. To participate in worship through giving, you can give online at fumcbentonville.org or on Venmo at fumcbentonville. FUMC Bentonville welcomes all. Because we believe the communion table is God's table, we invite everyone into our church family. We welcome and celebrate every race, gender, gender identity, sexual orientation, marital status, age, physical and mental ability, national origin, economic station, and political ideology. We come together in action and outreach, aspiring to follow Jesus' example of radical hospitality, love, and grace as a transformative movement in our community. Please join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m., both in person and on Facebook Live. All are welcome, and we'd love to have you with us. Grace and peace.